0: Hello and welcome, friends, to another episode of the Chair Shot Podcast. I am your host, uh, Joe Towner, here in London, UK, joined by my good friend and broadcast colleague, Paul Griffin, over there in Kildare. Hello, Joe. How are you, Paul? I'm good.
1: I think I'm, I'm actually facing directly your direction right now. Oh my God. I better um,
0: move the right way. I'm where I'm, I think I'm facing south, actually, at the moment. Because So actually, I need to go west.
1: Yeah, I think you Joe will see because I have my video on. Right behind me is where the sun is going to be setting. Right, so you'll slowly see it go go dark right behind me. But uh, not, I think I'm facing directly east. Uh, our house faces south, mm. which is that way. So I'm facing the east. Yeah,
0: we're, we're all aligned here. Today. Useless uh, information. Uh, no, no Barry with us. Uh, first time in a while. It's a two man, two man booth. Yeah. Um, Rampage, you could probably learn a, a thing or two from us with the old two-man booth. Um, but yeah, we're we're here, we're here to entertain you, we're here, we've got all the usual fun and games, uh, we've got wrestling guff, life guff, TV movies, and a little bit of the old video game banter chat, yeah. so um, we'll kick it off. Well, do you want to kick off with wrestling, because that is now, we did that last week for the first time in a long time, and we actually started talking off wrestling, Yes. so I think it'd be nice to carry on that tradition. Uh, go old school and actually talk about a little bit of wrestling. So, of course, we did cover the return of CM Punk uh, on last week's show. Yes. Um, our, our excitement, our, how, it, how it fulfilled everything we really wanted from that from that return. You know, it couldn't have gone much better. It's kind of everything we wanted. Um, so there was huge anticipation for the follow-up uh, Dynamite show on the Wednesday. Uh, what did you make of that show, Paul?
1: I, you know, I think online the reception has been pretty underwhelming mm. well the reception itself has not been underwhelming but it was the show was received underwhelmingly yes. uh i thought it was okay um i definitely would agree that the the way the show was put together post cm punk promo there wasn't much of substance mm. um it was pretty much just Squash matches, or you know, uh, the gun club uh, against the factory. Which, as much as uh, QT Marshall is uh, ticking the box for me at the moment, that I don't think is a match that needed to be placed where it was. Yeah, uh, I think prior to the punk promo, it was pretty okay actually. Um, mm. it wasn't a dynamite show by any means. hope. Oh. That might be one for the uh, spoof-a-mania, that line. Keep right write that <laughs> one down. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was perfectly watchable. Not um, anything approaching what we got on Rampage last week in terms of excitement or, you know, being newsworthy. But I thought the show was was, was fine. And once CM Punk was off-screen, uh, it, it kind of became a bit more uh, mundane. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: what about yourself?
0: Um I would agree. I think there was like high expectations following the punk debut uh, for some big, big show. And looking, looking through the lineup, it was it was one of those dynamites that you'd have had a few months ago, where you are like, oh yeah, it's all right, you know, nothing big that week, uh, just a bunch of okay matches, perfectly fine. Fast forward through it on a Saturday morning, watch some of the best matches, and yeah, it's fine. Given that it was following on the, on the hot on the heels of. Um, Punk debuting, Um, yeah, I would have expected maybe something a bit like an angle, one big match, one big angle, and to start with Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy, and finish with Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson. Um, It was quite a strange, like, if you told me that was AEW Dark, you know, you'd believe (laughs) it, you know what I mean? It was a a strange one.
1: Well, let me just Um, say, I thought starting with Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy was a smart move, actually, Um, insofar as uh, having any potential new viewers who have just jumped on board for the CM Punk stuff oh. you have uh the wrestler that they will recognize but who doesn't actually need to win or 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 have mm-hmm. any cash but people who'll tune in go oh Matt Hardy's on this as well and orange Cassidy who's the person they won't recognize who who really they
0: were showcasing who's actually good
1: yeah yeah well you know good is is a uh... oh a strong term. We won't necessarily go. Through. I I do think Orange Cassidy is good. I think he's been a bit overplayed uh, this mm-hmm. last year. But for someone who is new to the the feel of AW, the style of AW, I think Orange Cassidy is a good uh, a good fit to throw out there. So once I saw that that was the opening match, I said, right. As a long term viewer, as the two of us are, it's not very exciting, and in fact, is a bit of a bum, a bit of a bum match mm-hmm. to open Dynamite with. But I don't think this match was for us. I think this was kind of a, a little yeah. AW uh, original showcase for Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy just there to be a face that people will kind of latch onto as, oh, I remember him. Mm. Do you know? Uh, yeah. The match was what it was. It was um, Cassidy doing the uh, the pocket gimmick, Hardy putting the money in his pockets and taking it out and da 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 Cassidy, of course. Uh, got the win in the end, so yeah, I, th- I think the match uh, served this purpose without necessarily mm-hmm. being blow away. Like I say, for us, us um, fans who have been in the trenches since uh, day dot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Overall, I, I did think it was a perfectly perfectly watchable show, um, and I think it's maybe it's part of Tony Khan's you know long term strategy. He's not out there trying to do a huge show every week because that just it doesn't work you will burn through stuff too quickly sometimes you have to put on Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson in the main event you know <laughs> if you can do that and still do a decent rating then you know that's not a problem it's fine to put on shows that are just good shows yeah. um and not necessarily be pulling sort of huge angles and debuts every week you know it's a marathon not a sprint as uh, WWE told us
2: <laughs> and as
1: ago. you know the the rating was very good as it transpired, um, I think Barry—not to put him over because he's not here—but I think he said it well on on Twitter when he he said um, I, I'm not going to look up the exact tweet, so I might be slightly mm-hmm. misquoting him here. But just to get the general gist was, you know, you had you don't necessarily need to empty the chamber, but that, there could have been one one warning shot fired, so to speak. Yeah. Um which I think I think was fair, um, and I don't necessarily uh, mean that that needs to be anything major and i think you're you're right on the point that dynamite doesn't need to be blow away no pun intended uh you're only supposed to blow the bloody fans away um it doesn't need to be that every single week Mm -hmm. because then when you get one of those weeks it feels special. it's it's the old christmas everyday paradox right um but yeah i mean you know, we had Malikai Black. <laughs> Malikai Black. He was up uh, agreeing with, uh, he, he agrees with Aaron Anderson, that, you know, Brock's in over his head, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I could have done without the, Brock Anderson showing up, and especially being in the main event, felt, did feel like a missed opportunity as far as, you know, those new new viewers who are in, you want to give them um, an AW style match i think the closest we got to that was probably the lucha bros match yeah but anyway we will get to that
0: well yeah so that was um that was yeah that was probably the best match on the show definitely best best match on the show um and that kind of led into the other semi-final of the um tag team tournament on rampage yeah um, which was, I mean, it's, it's a one hour show, so it's obviously, it always feels stronger, or so far, the first few weeks anyway, because you only need two good matches. Yeah, one okay back. match. Boom, you're done. A couple of Mark Henry backstage going, let's get it on! Or whatever, I can't remember. <laughs> I love
1: the, I know we're jumping a lot around the place now, yeah. but I love the Mark Henry uh, three screen pre main event probably yeah. does it's just a great little detail they only do it on rampage uh so far and it just gives that little extra thing to the main event where it's almost like um you know uh, the closest i can think to what it is is when they do uh, at boxing weigh-ins or at ufc weigh-ins yeah they they get the, the fighters just give like last thoughts before we see you in the ring you know
2: mm, mm. i mean
1: just like there's a little a little touch that doesn't take you know much effort to do but uh, I think it, I think it does pay off. Um, back to dynamite quickly. We did have Jericho and MJF. Uh, they're going to have a third match, and if Jericho loses, Joe, he's done, though.
0: The the feud that wouldn't end. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I do, I mean, I I can't. I'm not quite sure where they're going to go with it. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's maybe a bit a surprise. But I mean, I, Jericho's not going to lose. I can. I don't know where they'd go if he loses, because Tony Gunn doesn't want to break stipulations, so it's not going to be a thing where he loses and then maybe he comes back as you know, Captain Captain Fozzy or something under a mask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what my it's least right favorite guy. my least favorite resolution to this storyline that WWE has done more than once yeah. is the baby loses and then. They just either you know force the heel to bring them back, or the heel brings mm. them back for some reason. Yeah, J- John Cena in the Nexus. Um, I feel like there's another John Cena example with mm. Lauren Maybe I can't I can't remember what the exact exact example was, but you know they they've stuck to the Cody not going for the world title. Yeah, uh, step to date, which is impressive. Um, as far as Jericho goes like what more i, th- I don't want to you know put put necessarily him in the grave but like what what's jericho really got more to do on, on aw at this stage
0: uh, yeah it's a good point i think he said i think he needs time off if you think about the last sort of several years of what he's done it's been going to wwe leaving you know coming back for a surprise yes. in a program going okay. yeah he's, he's been doing that for several years and then he's been in AEW consistently for two years, and I think it's about time he went away for a few months yeah. and then came back. And I think it would be good if when he came, when he comes back, if he came back in six months, imagine for some kind of feud, some kind of new, with a new look, doing something different. I think it would be a big pop. I think it would be well received. I think people would be happy to see him again. Uh, I just think at the moment he's been a bit, bit overexposed, kind of carrying the brand. But with Punk and Brian coming in, there's definitely opportunity for him to just have a little rest. My only worry is if he then just goes on commentary uh, and this and that's a two-part problem because one, it means he's on commentary, screaming every every Friday I'm night. I'm screaming!
2: Deal with it! Ah, come
0: on! <laughs> um, and it also means we don't really get rid of him to miss him, you know what I mean? Because he's there every week, shouting yes. and screaming anyway, so it's gotcha. like, well, you know, you need to go away for a bit so we can miss you. And um, so yeah, kind of interesting. Maybe a win, maybe a win, but get so badly beaten that he takes time out. Oh, who knows? Who knows? I'm intrigued as to what they do, but I'm not necessarily sort of anticipating either result really, or the match itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it could be. It could be. Who knows? Who knows? Could
1: um, be. yeah. I mean, Jericho's was a strange one in that he almost feels like you know when you have a, a new exciting. TV show like a game of thrones or Hmm. lost would be my example but i'll use game of thrones to be a bit more appealing to everyone like you have sean bean in season one and jericho is very much sean bean in season one of game of thrones there's going to be (laughs) fucking season one spoilers coming up you know where we're going with this Mm. but like he's that recognizable face that people see on ads commercials if they're they're flicking across the channels like they did back in 19 dicky two. Um, and then at the end of season one, you fucking kill them off. And you know, then you have the new people who have been established over the course of that season who now take prominence. And, you know, Jericho and to an extent um Jim Ross, I feel were that equivalent, and they were uh very you know, very effective at doing it, but I, I almost yeah. feel like now they've served their purpose. And it's yeah. time to put the head on the uh on the block, so to speak. Which is maybe a bit harsh, but like even from the point of view of potential feuds, like Jericho did everything as a heel. As a face, he's pretty much exclusively been aligned with MJF. Mm. But like you know, he's he's done Omega before, he's done Moxley. Punk he's done in WWE many times.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone want to see wants to see that anyway.
1: <laughs> like, you know, I I don't know what the, what you do with Jericho at this stage because I don't think Jericho as a 50-year-old now um is necessarily good enough to to still be in that AEW main event, right? Because I think AEW's main events now there's a certain expectation of how good they have to be. But similarly, AEW's yeah. mid-card now uh, with Miro, Darby Allen, the like, who've kind of feuded over the uh, TNT title recently, that seems to have a little bit of element of kind of... Um, what's it called? Work rate to it, you know? That I don't think Jericho necessarily fits in there either. So I don't know where Jericho exactly fits at the moment um, on the roster, which is why I would kind of lean towards him, as you say, taking a break or whatever, um, I don't necessarily see him retiring, though, or like the words he used on the show where he'll never wrestle in AEW again. Um, only so far as I think when Jericho is really hanging them up for good, that it wouldn't be, you know, in it, it mentioned in a promo a week and a half before the pay-per-view. Like that feels a bit,
2: mm.
1: a bit thrown together, a bit, you know, spur of the moment for it to be, you know, Jericho's ultimate. Like I'm done now. Uh, as much as we're kind of approaching that stage. Um, maybe he'll yeah. just end up, you know, like an undertaker who just goes and goes and goes until...
0: Oh, well, they did do the five labours. They did we, the five labours. We, we you know, wrestling, you wrestling wrestling, you know, doing the kind of dream, well, you know. <laughs> the Nick Gage match match matches dream matches, but you know, that kind of last, you know, last hurrah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think he's retiring, but, I mean, it's probably the right time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it probably is. Um,
1: in addition to that, he's doing his like Jericho cruise, and AW are, are promoting that on their. Well, that's a good point. When videos, is so. when
0: is the Jericho cruise? Who knows? Let me Google this. The Jericho Similar cruise, twenty twenty one. That's in October. Okay. Um. So we got uh, about six, seven weeks till that. So I don't know. Maybe he's taking time off for that. It's only a week and nothing. Anyway, who knows? Jericho, MJF, we'll see. The other pay per view. But um, certainly interesting. Um, Yeah, other than that, on Dynamite, I don't know. CM Punk's bit was, you know, fine. But it was nothing newsworthy.
1: Well, the only newsworthy bit was the uh, allusion to Brian Danielson. Yes. Um, He gave him the the Frank Drebin, uh, OJ Simpson cocaine line. You're going to need to give me a day or two on that one um so we'll see uh what happens there he seemed to uh at, if not confirm at least acknowledge the rumors about danielson mm. coming in mm. um the promo itself was good it, it was you know it wasn't uh, anything revelatory or you know as exciting as as the first promo it almost felt more like excuse me more like a little epilogue to the promo he did on friday yeah um as opposed to like, you know, a proper follow up or a proper part two. Agreed. Um, and it was very short, and then off he went. Nothing nothing happened. There was no uh, real angle to it or, you know, anything. Um, Moxley, Kingston, and Derby against the Wingmen. This was a very simple. <laughs> <laughs> very simple squash again it seemed more of a, a showcase for aw saying hey look at these cool ass baby faces we have yeah uh there's no uh no smiling geeks in this company we got
0: cool tough big tough men
1: cool ass baby faces and they beat up these dweeb nerds that's <laughs> right they the real should.
0: music beat people up.
1: yeah so that was very cool um Albeit the match was pretty straightforward, uh, as far mm-hmm. as as far as it should have been. I d I don't think you should have had a JD Drake, you know, beating up Al Moxley for 10 minutes. And then Moxley went in with a banana peel roll up. Yeah. It was exactly what it had to be, you know. They, they fucking beat their asses and then put him away. Um Daniel Garcia ran out at the end and attacked Alan, which seemed a bit out of nowhere. i like, I understand he and 2.0 have been feuding with Alan's uh, Sting. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like with Punk coming in, they'd kind of switch focus on that. Um, but then, you know, AEW has always been good at kind of uh, having having a few fingers and a few pies, you know, for for the various wrestlers. Yeah. They're not necessarily locked into one singular feud. We saw that with Moxley, especially when he was um, doing the kind of Lance Archer and Brody Lee matches. He was kind of feuding with a few people at once. So they, they've done that mm-hmm. in the past. So that was fine. Uh, just seemed a bit quick. He kind of ran out, attacked him, and then ran away. There wasn't uh, much to it. Um, we had a uh, Vince Russo TNA women's segment up next, where Tay Conti was being interviewed, and the bunny walked up oh, and offered yeah. her a spot in the in the Hardy, whatever they're called, Hardy family gimmick. Hardy, yeah. The HFO. And Conti ripped up the contract, and mm-hmm. Bunny was like, you skank. And then they started slapping each
0: other and brawls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think she
1: actually called her a skank. That's just no. Me.
0: She called her a bitch. Uh, she a bitch? I think, you, you bitch? I think it might have been
1: a bitch. It, look, it wasn't quite on the level of of a twenty eleven TNA where every every single woman was a skank and a whore, <laughs> um, according to themselves. That's not me saying it. That was them saying it.
0: Um, I mean, I can't it, like when I don't know. Say Christian comes out and calls someone a a shithead or a jag off or, you know, I don't know. Is it, is it worse for a woman to call another woman, another wrestler, a bitch than it is for someone to, no, someone I don't off, like you know it. what I mean? I don't, I know it's, it is is the Vince Russo trope, but I kind of like, what's the alternative? <laughs> is it, is it bad when the way I'm asking? I don't know. Maybe it is, yeah. it feels, worse, I, th- I think it's know, more limited.
1: so, I think it's more so that men's feuds don't necessarily, at least at the time, again, Purely this is now, this is back that. in twenty eleven. they didn't yeah. need to necessarily always resort uh, or devolve into childish name calling, but it seemed like the women uh, in TNA very often did, yeah. um, and it wasn't necessarily be you a know, bitch. It was, it was, it was often uh, of a um, you know an unscrupulous woman nature. That sounds like oh, that doesn't make me sound bad now saying that. <laughs> but they were calling each other skanks and whores and fucking whatever else slappers. If it was in the UK, you probably oh
0: God, yeah.
1: fucking Angelina, love you, slapper. Da, da, da. Anyway. Days, them's was the bad old days you talk, they don't talk about them anymore uh, mm-hmm. do you see the tweet Cash Wheeler put out about his arm by the way
0: no well, I can't uh, don't look him. at
1: it <laughs> would be my advice do um, yeah the cut on his arm he got when he, the, he got caught in the turnbuckle that one time mm-hmm. uh, the, what I would say is it looked like uh, that time Han Solo cut the tauntaun open for oh, uh, Luke Skywalker in it.
0: oh Jesus it wasn't pretty oh
1: god, pretty. Um, oh, god. But they're apparently doing that match uh, coming up, FTR and LAX, as I will call them forever, because that's what they are. Mm. Um, you had Omega out with the boys, the the Stooges, as they started calling them on commentary. Christian, this, this was a, this promo was a felt a bit WWE to me in its structure, in that Omega, Don Callis, and the Geeks came out. Mm-hmm. And really before they said anything, Christian came out and it, it was just a bit rushed, it almost feeled. Field. Yeah. Field is Field the past it. tense of to feel. Um They showed that video from the little uh whatever, dynamite parent scenes, whatever Road they call to. that from Road, uh, to. Uh, Road to Dynamite. They showed that little video uh where Christian with the long hair and the uh the singlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you call him a curly piece of shit, which is a little catchphrase for Carlos Callis is wearing the most ridiculous pink suit you've oh ever seen. God, that is hilarious. He said, "Hold my scarf." Uh, he said he was like Bill Watts, Vince McMahon, Vern Gagne, uh, except that he had his son was actually good. What's the
2: hmm. the
1: illusion? Uh, and then there was a beatdown. and because Aaron came out to make the save, leading to the match on rampage. Um. Moxley then in underwhelming news announced that the new Japan wrestler that he would face it all out is Satoshi Kojima. Kojima. Who is, don't get me wrong, a, a good, fun wrestler, but like you know, it's it's as if they 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 were they were kind of hinting they're gonna bring in a WWE guy, and then you get like, you know John uh, Morrison.
0: That's harsh on Kojima. As far as Sean Kojima. No, like um, Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston. No, they're they're too good though. There's, oh, okay, someone shitter. Yeah, you know,
1: they, 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 um, someone like um,
0: Damien Priest. Uh,
1: no, no, someone older just, is just, someone just, like. Just, someone just, like... <laughs> this is a new game. Who in WWE? Someone is older, like yeah,
0: it's someone like I'm in uh, the main event then MVP,
1: Goldberg. MVP. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is who it ends up yeah. being, and you're like, right? Of all the people, they could have got who they like, okay, whatever. Kojima is is, is a legend. He's the former, politics, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, he's a former IWGP champion, but like well, only once, I think, and a long time ago, before the kind of resurgence of it. Um, I've seen Kojima live. I, I, you know, I like Kojima, but I don't know if he was he was on that show you saw the Royal Quest, but um. You know, it's it, it's it's a name, but it's not necessarily the most exciting name. Mm. Um You know, it's kind of like when United in seasons past have been linked to every which player under the sun, and then we end up getting, like, Diogo yeah. Dalo. You're like, I'm Fair um Which hasn't been the case this season, which we'll get to, by the way. Uh, Gun Club, who are possibly the worst team of this or any other century. Um. <laughs>
0: What's wrong with Gun Club? They're fine.
1: Oh my god. Gun Club, okay. I first of all, they are the most natural heels in the world. Uh because they are complete dorks. (laughs) They both Um, feel like Billy Gunn.
0: (laughs) Identical to Billy Gunn.
1: They look okay, they look like Billy Gunn, but like smaller and more annoying. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Um they're just like, who are they like? You know, they're just, they're a bit like, um, I don't know, like a mix of like a really annoying, like Santino oh God. or someone who's maybe like more like screaming all the time. They're just really, <laughs> really, really annoying and really, yeah. oh, just like, they're like, they're like shit Dolph Zigglers, I guess. Um... Anyway, they came out and they're jumping around and like Billy Gunn is great. Don't get me wrong, big, big, giant Billy Gunn. He's a big guy, but his two <laughs> little shit sons he has. Oh, they're so, they're so bad. The Gun
0: Club, I can't stand them. They, they're like the Brock Andersons. He's the Aunt Anderson. Yeah, sort of smaller and not as good.
1: <laughs> like what? What they should really do, because I, in my opinion, they're they're they just exude this natural. Dickheadness, right? Mm. That's not saying they are dickheads necessarily, but that's the you know the air they give off. I would have them turn on Billy Gunn and beat him up, yeah, beat up at their own dad. They should
0: be with QT Marshall. That's really, they fear. should.
1: That's the kind of characters they should have. Yeah, and they could you know they could take his name and be his little stepsons, uh, Colton Marshall and Austin Marshall, the Marshall Club. Uh, they won anyway after they did the old uh, WWE trademarked uh, distraction into a roll-up finish. Which, you know, look, I am going to come off very hypocritical here when I say I didn't mind the finish because AEW don't mm. fucking constantly do them every show. Mm. Uh, like, I I couldn't honestly tell you the last time AEW did a, a proper Someone is on the stage. Whether their music plays, like uh, Paul White was on commentary here, but like whatever, they're on the stage. They come out. Wrestler in the ring is looking at them, and they get rolled up. Like I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time AW did that. Yeah. So I'll give him a, a, a pass on that one. But don't make a habit of it. Don't make a habit of it. That's when fool me once, shame on shame on you. Fool me twice. Oh, right. Don't do this finish you can't again. Can't get fooled again. Yeah. So anyway, got rolled up, and the the Gun Club were victorious. Uh, Dan Lambert's been aligned mm. with uh, the Men of the Year. He had a, a fun a fun little uh, promo there. I thought
0: I, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I quite enjoy. It. I just like he's very good at the at the character. Yeah. So I, I like it, even though it's a bit. I know some people think it's a bit cliched or a bit. You know. <laughs> Just, just, not happy with the tone of it, but I, I think it works. <laughs> I think it works because it's it's classic.
1: It's it's a very classic heel tactic, right? But see, it's, it's mm. it, it feels like it's been tweaked ever so slightly, specifically for the AEW audience. Do you yeah.
0: know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Um, it's like you you fans are so stupid. You don't know what you want, blah blah blah. But it's specifically this kind of wrestling. It almost feels like it's kind of aping on the Jim Cornetts of the world. Absolutely, yeah. Which, um, you know, as we know, Cornet is is really, really divisive. You either love Cornet or you can't stand them. Mm-hmm. So why not use that, you know, in a character? And he's cheaper than Cornet, you know, himself probably. So bring him no, in. Somewhere. Bring him in as a proxy. I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. Um. And for the record, I don't particularly mind Cornet, but I, I, I definitely think mm-hmm. he's uh, he lays the shtick on very thick mm-hmm. um, for whatever you make of that. And then the main event was uh, Malachi Black uh, and Brock Anderson, who, yeah. my God, I cannot take seriously. Um, I'm going to give him the, the, the sticker I eventually, you know, eventually, I occasionally bring out for people of his ilk. And I'm going to stick it on his forehead it reads, no hoper. This guy will never amount to anything. Um, he doesn't have it. He won't have it.
0: He's got strong Wes Briscoe energy for me.
1: Wes Briscoe has had that sticker a long time, Joe.
0: <laughs>
1: he's a long time member. He's, he, well, to he,
0: be fair, he's married to Red Velvet, isn't he? or engaged to Red Velvet. Wes Briscoe, is he? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So he's fair play to him. <laughs> you
1: know. Well, we're going to find out that Brock Anderson is married to... Corey Wilson or something. <laughs> um, God, Brock Anderson, the, the most accountant-looking wrestler you'll ever see. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, as, uh, you know, this was the wrestling equivalent, I want to say, of Man City versus Arsenal at the weekend. You knew what was going to happen. You knew it was going to be a one-sided destruction. And then it was. And so you weren't surprised. Yeah. No. It
0: wasn't wasn't an 8-2, you know what I mean? It wasn't quite as satisfying as a United 8-Arsenal 2. It was kind of just a... Like, I wanted to see him die almost, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see Brock really in a puddle in the ring. Yeah, it it was almost
1: too matter-of-fact that he just very quickly beat him, hit him with the finish, that was it. He didn't drag it out. Brock didn't really have... Much of a hope spot or a comeback or anything. Um, The only satisfying moment I really thought in this was when Aaron came into the ring and was kind of tending to his son. And then Shivani goes, Get the kid and get out of there. Quick, get the kid and get out of there. And his call sounded very, you know, uh, urgent and worried. I thought that was very good. And then when Aaron kind of faced off to him, and Aaron was like the big, uh, the, in this case, the big daddy, who's kind of, like, I'm going to friend Mark here And he blocked the finish, right? Which, mm-hmm. you know, I could see a lot of people being upset about it. I wasn't. Um, that sounds like me being very, like, boasting about, oh, well, I didn't care about this thing. It's going to Ooh. outrage other people. Uh, subscribe to my Patreon for more. Mm-hmm. But um, what what it led to is what I liked, which was when, uh, you know, in reaction to that, Malachi Black just kicked him in the kicked him in the uh, penis and then hit him with the finish anyway. So that was good. And then who ran out for the save? But a big shotty Lee Johnson in one of the oh, most underwhelming oh, runouts and finishes for a show, <laughs> maybe in history. Um, God. He, big
0: shotty. He's not that big. To be fair,
1: he's not big. But like, it was one of those moments that is. Not a great sign, which is when his music plays from throwing out and no one knows whose music it is. Yeah, everyone goes,
0: who's that? Who's this guy? Is Daniel Bryan, think, mm. Oh, chance. Yeah,
1: uh Which presumably is going to lead to Malachi against Lee Johnson at some point, which in turn right. will will lead yeah. to Malachi and Cody down
0: the road. I wonder if he, was, yeah, if he just works through the Nightmare family, Dustin Rhodes maybe, to do a, do a match with him as well. Yeah. That could be better, actually. I wouldn't mind a, a Malachi blank. Uh, Dustin Rhodes match. That could be quite good. Yeah, um, But yeah, that was Dynamite. Uh, Rampage kicked off with uh, the Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Brothers. Surprise and result here, I think. Surprise result, because the Lucha Brothers, they've been kind of occupied with the Pack staff, uh, the Andrade staff. Yeah. And they haven't really been too much in the mix of the tag team oh. division, so I was a bit surprised yeah, for them to, to win here. Maybe they didn't want to beat the Jurassic Express again in the cage, so maybe the yeah. Well, it seemed like the storyline was
1: going in that direction because they had they had the match with Young Bucks, which had all the interference, etc.
2: Yeah,
1: and so you have the cage match, and then it's it's Nutri Bros who are going to be in it, not Jurassic Express. I was, I was look. I was surprised. I, I'm happy to be surprised once in a while. It should
0: um, be a great. It should be a great match.
1: Oh. I'm very, very looking forward to Phoenix doing a a, a de do off the cage.
0: Oh, all of the the the, fl- the fl- flip the flappers and the melts of moon salts and all. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really? Good. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, really, really, really good match. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean,
1: look, I think yeah. Bluetooth Bros are underused. If anything, so.
0: Yeah, I do think they need to. I think I was saying this a week or two ago. The tag team division has felt like it's. Lost a bit of steam. Stagnated um, a little bit. With the Young Bucks kind of so preoccupied with all the elite storyline. Yeah. Um, you think of like FTR, Proud and Powerful, Lucha Bros. Not really had a lot of steam behind them. Um, so yeah, it's good. I'm glad they're kind of putting them back into into the mix. Because um, the idea that they would do a Trios Championship, like launch that sort of imminently, which has been a rumor, when... The tag team feels so kind of lukewarm. It's a bit of a strange one. Yeah. Like I feel like focus on focus on the tag team division for now. Uh, before I mean, that it. being
1: said, the matches have still been very good in the tag division. All the young bucks title matches. And
0: yeah, so they've on. beaten they've beaten everyone. Yeah,
1: so on. maybe it's time for another surprise in the cage.
0: Oh.
1: I'm not sure how that would play into the various storylines, but you know yeah. that's the thing is when you do a result like this. When, you know, the fans think they have it sussed mm. and you kind of flip the script once in a while, not not to the point of, again, Vince Russo, you know, everything has to be what you don't expect to the point that like nothing makes mm. sense. Just a result like this that kind of you don't see coming and it just reminds you that, you know, you can be surprised um, and not everything is as predictable as it seems.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So great opening match. Uh, Miro came out with the little uh lucha man Fuego uh,
1: Del Ass as, as uh, I think Jericho said.
0: Uh, threw him threw him into the ring. Drew out Mr. Eddie Kingston who came out for a, for a little uh, little foray into this feud with Miro so they had a yeah. little uh, little go at each other. So I'm excited about that. I think Eddie will do a great job with Miro. Yeah. I think Miro will destroy him. But it, will be very enjoyable.
1: Yeah, well, Kingston does that style of match very well. Just the kind of hard-hitting, lots of uh, chops mm-hmm. kind of brawl match that I think will suit both of these. Um, yeah. And of course, on the talking side, both guys are, are doing their best stuff at the moment, so I'm all for that. Yeah.
0: Um, after that was Taekwonte versus The Bunny. Yep. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is this is kind of setting up the, the casino battle royale match. Um uh, not much to take from this. Penelope Ford and, and the bunny are on the same page. Yeah, but he got the win
1: with the the nooks.
0: Yeah, bit a bit of cheating there. Yeah. Um yeah, it was it was fine. Um they then went into the main event, which was um Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler versus Christian Cage or Frankie Kazarian. Um, I I did struggle to pay attention to this match. To be honest, I kind of just zoned <laughs> out of it. I I just it felt like a bit of a comedy tag match. It was it very and, much was. Um, Kazarian, I just why I know why is he involved in any of this? Uh, yeah, I think he's he could be just having really good matches on you know on Dynamite and Rampage. You know what I mean? Like he could he could be a guy to wrestle Miro? You know what I mean? And have a really good match and lose. Or I don't know, just like a Darby Allen, just to just get him heated up before the Punk match. You know, he could have a really good match with those guys. Instead, he's doing this Elite Hunter thing, which like it feels like he's sort of almost like a delusional fan. You know what I mean? Like I'm the Elite Hunter. Like no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Like you no, know, you, know, you have no credibility being in this this main event like angle. What are you doing in there? It's, I, I don't understand it at all. It makes no, sense to me.
1: I mean. Since he became the Elite Hunter, I, I don't think they they've ever fully committed to really pushing him as that. Like the classic example is he he had that one on one match with gallows that he lost.
0: Yeah. So and like, if if you can't beat the shittest member of the Elite. Where's your credibility? Like, like what are you doing?
1: And I think Kazarian anyway has just never really been this uh super charismatic either on the mic or in the ring. He's just a very solid, you know, kind of, I don't want to call him middle of the road, but a very solid, uh, you know, he's a mechanic, he's a good hand. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he does get kind of uh, shown up for that when he's in situations with with your own Meg and your Christians of the world where he's like, wow, this guy is just kind of a guy. With uh, although he's, he's the, the elite killer, he, he doesn't really have much of an identity outside of just that name, and that sometimes mm. he does a run in. He's not like a, you know it's as if the, the character is to be this kind of Steve Austin type figure, mm. but he never really he doesn't have the, the charisma to pull that off, nor has he really like changed his in-ring style. Yeah, to absolutely. to match a kind of character change he just wrestles the same kind of kazarian way does that springboard leg drop you know mm. and the match anyway was a bit of a, a bit like i didn't really dislike it but it was it was a bit too silly for what is you know ostensibly supposed to be building to your like pay-per-view main event with Christian Cage and Omega, it was very like, oh, Brandon Cutler doing his dab, elbow, and missing. and Mm. Like, while I actually kind of like his shtick, um, it's not really the place for it, I suppose. And that's why this Dynamite and Rampage both both felt like a bit of a swing and a miss as far as really following up on that CM Punk promo from last week. Um, Especially Rampage. While Rampage is very watchable, and it's only an hour long. It, it absolutely breezes past. But aside from the Lucha Bros and Jungle Boy match, which was very good, there was nothing that you come away from the show recommending to people or tweeting about, oh my God, you got to see this thing from Rampage. It was just it was a show.
0: Mm.
1: A show with a bit of a silly, a silly uh, main event. I would have swapped, actually, the main event for the opener. I would have opened with the Christian and Omega comedy match and finished with the the tag match with the surprise finish.
0: Yeah, I think they they're f- tending to front load Rampage because of yeah because it's so late. In mind, yeah, because it's so late. I think by the by the time they get to eleven o'clock, people are switching off.
1: But yeah, they went to the CM Punk and Derby video immediately after that tag match as so. well.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, decent show. and Kind of obviously pay per view coming up um next week so we'll see how they they kind of finish off the cards in place i mean they've got 10 matches on the card now it's probably the biggest yeah pay, pay-per-view they've done uh so we'll, be, we'll review that next week once barry's back we'll, we'll do a run-through of the old card um but yeah we will be interesting to see how they cap it off if they do uh hopefully they do a punk Allen, maybe they, should they do that kind of a confrontation at some point just get them to face to face i don't know maybe
1: yeah, I mean you know, they like to do these concept segments, whether it's a weigh in or a press conference or a face to face, whatever it might be. I would I would do a CM Punk Allen one. I think that's the match that kind of is carrying the wave of momentum. Hmm. And I think it would suit that best rather than I don't know, Christian and Omega, which seems like kind of stories already been built and they're just kind of Waiting for the pay per view
0: at this stage.
2: Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: Yeah, so we we shall see. Um, other than that, not too much in the wrestling world. Um, NXT has a new logo. That's um, very colourful. It certainly uh, is,
1: um, and I I think it's um, it's a it's a strange one given they've been the 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 gold and black for so long. But like, mm-hmm. I tell you what, that that whatever they had before with the eagle and the like the triple H motorhead wet dream logo. Oh, um, yeah. I wasn't, it's I wasn't very di- super Yeah. Very that. different direction.
0: <laughs> very different direction from, yeah. What triple H likes. So yeah. See what that goes. I mean,
1: change, change is what it is. You know, obviously they, the, the direction they had been going with the, the kind of underground, uh, alternative did ultimately didn't really work. So, mm. We'll see what direction they go, but like WWE itself is almost too that is too colorful and too, you know, everyone comes out and is smiling and wears colorful clothes, and it almost you know feels like a throwback to the kind of 94, 95 mm-hmm. era of WWF, which is not something like I look. I don't like the uh, the the Triple H uh, black and you know eagle. NXT with Poppy singing on every pay per view or whatever. Yeah, um, but I, I neither do I like uh, do the Clown and the Goon, so it's it's kind of up to them to find a comp- compromise that works. And you know, honestly, what I would focus on for NXT is to try and just make it feel as contemporary as possible mm. in its look. You know, um, WWE is obviously the You know, that's something they focus on around SmackDown is that it looks very expensive, uh, for better or worse. Um, NXT, I I would have them focus more on a kind of modern music, um, maybe characters that are are a bit more modern again, um, without being too over the top or comical like Steve's NXT has been lately. Um, Maybe to try and take some influences, like visually, from whatever TV shows are popular now. Mm. um et etc cetera, et cetera. like uh, just to try something really different with nxt uh rather than what i assume it's going to end up being which is just like a dumbed down version of what it already is with like worse wrestling <laughs> so <laughs> yeah you know i think if they're really going to try a proper revamp now's the time to do it but you know time will tell yeah. and i don't particularly care what they do with it because i don't watch it yeah, so I watch it
0: anyway so fuck Whatever. Welcome.
1: Thank God for AW because I'd probably still be watching goddamn NXT right now if that was the case. God
0: bless. God bless Tony Khan. Ugh. Um. So that's the old wrestling guff. That's the uh, that's the wrestling for the week. Um, Four,
1: Forty-five minutes over. You got your wrestling money's it's worth like again. The old
0: days all over again. I know. Um, except no WWE talk. Um, no,
1: and rightly so. <laughs> rightly
0: so. Uh, life guff. Life guff. It's been a it's been a busy week for me. We've we've been off work this week. Um. Since last Friday. So, doing a lot of stuff um, that didn't involve going to work, which is always a joy. Um, mon- uh, was it Monday? No, Tuesday was uh, the anniversary of Michelle's arrival in the, in the ah, UK. Congratulations. So, we, we usually celebrate that. So, it's been three years now. I did note that actually half of that has now been the pandemic, which is crazy to think it's <laughs> oh three God. years and half of it has been in this yeah. pandemic. Um, but we celebrated nonetheless. Uh, went out for a lovely barbecue meal, at uh, a restaurant, okay. um, in Chelsea, in the west of in London. Um, I ordered too much. I won't lie. I <laughs> ordered the big. I ordered the extra big platter. Yeah, the big Kahuna. The big Kahuna. It came with a little bit of everything. So there was brisket. There was ribs. There was the the sausage. Right. There was uh, barbecue chicken thighs. Ooh. There was a cornbread muffin um there was beans there was cold slaw there was big chips um i did i made a fair dent in it um i wasn't fully pleased with my performance but i, I got through most of it oh, yeah. um, but i got to that point where the end of the meal where i just couldn't keep eating unless i got another drink in i was like i have to drink more <laughs> to be able to eat more i'm just like <laughs> there's no right. moisture left in my body it's all been used um but yeah very very good food but i probably i should have gone down a notch and gone for the, I think it was like a deluxe version versus the regular version. If I'd okay. gone for the regular one, I probably could have finished it, but gotcha. enjoyable nonetheless. And then we just had a very, a very long walk to try and walk that off. Um, and I get to the point where my legs just don't have any energy in because all the blood's busy in the stomach. Okay, so you are just sort of barely struggling to walk along the road because you're so uh, bellied up. But uh, yeah, good. Other than that, I then went for another um, one of my trademark long walks. Mm -hmm. On Thursday, um, did about 15 miles this time, um, around eastern and north London. Um, listened to another one of the the lapsed fans. I listened to SummerSlam 2002, uh, a damn fine show, which was a fantastic show. I always try and pick like the newsworthy shows, and that one is is, is certainly one because they focus obviously very much on the rise of Brock Lesnar. the Meteor meteoric well. rise, yeah, and the return of, of Michaels as well. Um, and kind of very interesting point, you know, the in, attitude era has ended. It felt like you were moving into the Brock era, but no one kind of really knew what that meant. So yeah, very yeah, very interesting look back. Uh, and I also listened to the uh, Punk Cabana uh, podcast from twenty fourteen, uh, the one that got them in a like, lot in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I haven't li- haven't listened to that since it came out. So it's been seven years. Basically. I was thinking to
1: revisit that and I just didn't get around to it.
0: It was, yeah, it's a, it was something that surprising in it looking back. I mean, it's Punk kind of going through all the problems he had in WWE. I mean, it's kind of well, well-trodden. And the same thing lots of other people have now said in the last seven years, like a Moxley, like all the people that go on Jericho's podcast. So yeah, we don't yeah nothing too staggering. The funniest Did- thing is it was sponsored by <laughs> WWE 2K15, Ooh. which I forgot. It was really funny. Him.
1: but did you cheer when he did the you are in the main event line
0: yeah it's <laughs> rich yeah and then he describes vince like when he finally quits and he's like vince starts tearing up <laughs> he goes for a hug he's like, oh. <laughs> actually the funniest bit is punk's like complaining about everything and he does his vince he does his Vince impression where he's like Vince like, no, no, this is a concussion talking. Not, you, can't mean, you don't mean this. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that was so funny. Worth worth it alone for any show that has Vince impressions on is absolute gold. Man, is fantastic. <laughs> So, yeah that was that was a joy listening listening back to that um yeah and then on on then friday we went we're a bit posh we went out to a little art gallery oh hello to see some artworks the royal academy of art um which is very good we saw a david hockney exhibit one of our favorite artists it was Ooh. very good i think i was very busy lots of people looking at the paintings and i'm like yeah. oh, get out, get out of the fucking way i uh, not enough benches as well. so you have to stand up. But yeah, it was very good, very good exhibit. A few more benches would have been nice but other than that very good. and um yeah, I think that's about it. Oh, we also went to went to a lovely Indian place for actually for breakfast uh, on the Friday. so there's a, a restaurant chain here called Dishum which is a bit of a uh, trendy kind of Indian restaurant. um they they're very well known for their breakfasts, so they actually do a um a bacon egg and sausage naan bread Ooh. So it's basically a breakfast roll, but with a naan bread instead of a roll, and it is and chili jam in it as well, which is absolutely delicious. It is it was phenomenal. So I actually had that. It was called, it's called a wrestler's naan, weirdly, which is why I ordered it because I'm, right. I'm, I'm a wrestler. Um, which is their kind of the, yeah the biggest breakfast. And oh baby, that was pretty good. So we really enjoyed that. Um, although eating that kind of first thing in the morning though does, you know with the, the old stomach these days. That's, yeah. Near, n- nearly. Um, You've definitely nearly been working it out this week. It's been, it's been burgers. It's bit of, been burgers. Yeah, bit it's of been belly exercise. Yeah. Breakfast nans It's been barbecues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next week I'm back. I'm going to be back on the, back on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Um, no more fizzy pop. No more chocolate. No Ooh. more. Big, big burgers. So uh, yeah. Enjoying, enjoying the week off though. So, very nice. How me? Yeah, we've um, got footy today, which we can get into. Mm. We'll do
1: the footy in a minute. Uh, I also had some barbecue related.
0: Ooh.
1: Fucking goodness. Uh, it was a lovely day yesterday. And the idea of a barbecue was floated. But Natty was away because Natty mm. is into um, skating these days. Oh. Um, like roller skating. What do you call them? Quads. Like not not oh, okay. blades, but the the, the four wheeled old school. Old school. Yeah, yeah. So she got some. I don't know if they're in the room or not. But she got some really fancy skates.
2: Mm.
1: So she was she was off skating yesterday, and so we said, right, we'll do, we'll do the barbecue today. Uh, and she went skating today as well.
2: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: we did we did without her. But um, yeah, she's very good at skating. I'm I'm really not. I, despite my my big legs. <laughs>
0: A big leg.
1: That's my big uh, leg. That's my superhero name. Uh, despite my big legs, I my my uh, center of gravity is like above my head, so I I've mm. got no balance whatsoever. Um, she's quite good at it. But anyway, a barbecue was had, uh, and we were we went to buy meats for the barbecue, and the first mm. time ever in our local supermarket, they had a picanha sirloin steak. Picanha is is a Brazilian steak. It's a very specific cut of steak. It's the uh, rump cap, so it's very very tasty. It's like um, it's it's got a big thick bit of fat on top, Mm. so it's very fatty, but it's a very tasty bit of bit of meat. And uh, so we got that. We got some beef mince, eighteen percent, which is the most we can get, because when you're barbecuing. You can't go for the, the 4% stuff. You have to, once in a while, when you're doing a barbecue, you got to get the, the fatty burgers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So a big burger, big 200-gram uh, burger. It's big.
2: Uh,
1: the steak, though, very small. Steak's not a big steak, but it was a very tasty steak. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievably tasty steak. Probably one of the best homemade steaks I've, I've ever eaten. Uh, and that was that, that was all I had. So I didn't I didn't have a huge amount of barbecue, but it was it was okay. it was hugely, hugely enjoyable. Uh but what was not less enjoyable was the dogs we had this week. So I showed you guys Barry and Joe, the dog that we had staying with us mm. last podcast, which was little Julie, little mini uh pincher.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um now she was uh baby sized. Turns out she also behaved like a baby during the night. So we Uh-oh. were I was up at 3 a.m. to bring her out. I was up at 6 a.m. to bring her out. Uh, so I'm on like eight nights in a row now without a full night's sleep,
2: which is oh,
1: no. wreaking havoc with the old brain box. I got a bit of a headache because the tiredness was starting to wreak havoc with the old body. And then because of the headache, I got very cranky. But it was weird because, like, I wasn't, like, snapping at people or anything, but I just oh, no. became aware of myself that I was becoming very impatient with people mm. like that are in the house with me here, Natty included, but I wasn't like snapping at her. I wasn't being mean to her. She mm. would just be talking to me about, you know, we, we just talk, all the time. we would be talking to each other about nonsense. Yeah. I'd be like, look at this new Twitter. Someone did a picture of a dog. Uh, and I just realized that, I, you know, she was ta- talking about something that we would talk about 10 times a day.
0: No, and I just had
1: no patience for it, but I wasn't like snapping at her. I was, I just told her very calmly,
0: just like,
1: oh. Look, I, I, I know we do this all the time and I love it, but this headache is making me very cranky and I don't want to take mm-hmm. it out on you. I don't know why it's happening. So I'm just going to like go sleep. <laughs> and she was totally understanding. It was fine. Like we didn't have a fight okay. about it or anything. It was just for, I, I've never had a headache that really kind of, in addition to affecting me physically, it also really put like a mental block on me, which is very weird. And mm. uh, woke up in the morning and it was gone. So I'm absolutely fine today. But um. Yeah, we had two dogs. We had Julie and we had another dog, Bono. Uh, who I believe doubles as the singer for some band um occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, Bono the Pug, who lovely dog, really well behaved. Uh until 3 am he's uh, uh, uh. um, so I was hoping I was hoping to have a good night's sleep last night, and then Bono put paid to that. But um otherwise he was very good. Uh and then it's footy time. So let's talk about the footy, Joe. Mm. I want to get your take, first of all, before we get to the weekend's uh, events. And I, li- I like this thing we do now, talking about the weekend's football. Uh, mm. Just mm. Yeah, a brief version of what we used to do, our, our uh, footy radio podcast. Um, tell me about your thoughts on little old Christy Ronaldo coming back to Man United. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Well, it's actually... Uh, weirdly similar to the CM Punk situation, yes. Where if you said to me several months ago, Do you want CM Punk in AEW? I'd have maybe gone, Uh, oh, he's been away for so long, is his heart really in it? You know, AEW's great, do they want punk? You uh, kind of, kind of, you know, I'm not sure on the fence a little bit. He comes back. I lose my mind. It's Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Day every day, is fucking great. Same with Ronaldo. A couple of months ago, if you said to me, "Oh, United are going to sign Ronaldo." I said, "Well, what's the point? He's thirty six. Yeah. Yeah, he's still pretty good, but we need other players. We need you know other things in the squad. Um, I don't know about resigning Ronaldo." Then, yeah, I pop on Twitter on Thursday afternoon and no Friday afternoon and I see rumours that, oh, we're going in for him. I'm like, okay, a bit weird. By five o'clock it's announced and I'm like, hey, Viva Ronaldo. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, once it actually happens, you just kind of, you realise, know, yeah, how exciting it is. And it you forget the practicalities of, well, actually, like, you know, and it's like, fuck it one of the best players in history is back and it's great
1: yeah and and not only that but if you had told me that those two events would happen i would have said you're crazy <laughs> for them to happen off. within a week of each other i would say would be even
0: more unlikely
1: and yet here we are
0: um predicted that at the start of the year in our prediction <laughs> well yeah
1: is, will okay. CM punk wrestle this year and <laughs> is ronaldo coming back to united um yeah, I mean, one thing that I, I I thought pretty much immediately when the deal was done is like, definitely the excitement around this deal is is very heavily tinged with mm-hmm. uh, with nostalgia, rose tinted nostalgia. Uh, oh, Ronaldo was bloody good when he played for us uh, thirteen years ago. Bloody yeah. good player, and you know, to an extent, he's he's. Uh, He's excelled since he's left us. Like I've I've seen
2: mm.
1: I don't remember who was quoted. was it maybe Paul Merson or someone on Sky Sports was quoted to say, like, oh, Ronaldo's not as good as he was when he played for United back in the day. I said, like, Well, he, yeah. he wasn't he had one really good season where he scored 31 goals in the Premier League. Um, but like since he was he's Real Madrid, he's doing like 60 goals a season, 70 goals a season, albeit yeah. not only in La Liga. Um like I really think his peak was at Real Madrid. He was
0: oh, of course, not at yeah, Manchester yeah, yeah. United at all. Oh no, no. He started to he started to reach that peak in the last two see probably 08, 09, 07, yeah. 08, 08 09. That's when he started to hit that peak, and then he, he hit it in the three, four. Yeah, years and ago. even
1: at the end of 07-08 was where there was talk starting that he was gonna leave, you know? Yeah. Um so there's definitely a bit of nostalgia, which is you know football is definitely a sport that lends itself to to a, a romance um, and uh, an emotion over pragmatism and logic,
2: <laughs> which
1: I think is the case here. Um, that being said, like Ronaldo scored more goals in Serie A than Lukaku last season. Um,
2: mm.
1: And uh, you know we'll get to Lukaku in a second when we talk about the weekend's fixtures. But um, yeah, I mean, when the talk was that he was going to go to City... There was definitely a, a, a moment of the blood starting to boil. He can't go to city even though yeah. even though ironically we've signed the player already this summer who has come indirectly from Man City. Um, <laughs> I love all the all the, the the man United adjacent pundits and football heads. He can't go to city. he paid for Man United. Um, so that that, that mm. kind of hypocrisy is, is very funny at, at one stage. Or at one on one hand, but like as I said, you know the blood was boiling. He, can't, I was saying, he can't go to City. He's one of us. He can't go to City. <laughs> um And so when like that, I think that played into the excitement. In addition to it, it being he he's coming back to United is that oh, it looked for a second he was going to go to the rivals, and we yeah. snatched them from them. Which I don't think like I. The word came out that City pulled out of the deal and that Ronaldo, once United came in, weren't going to go to City anyway. So it wasn't as if Mm -hmm. United came in and and beat City to the punch. But there's always that little element that we can, as fans, you know, make believe anyway. and Say, aha, we got him. We got him. He's back with us. Yeah. Now, to talk about how how he'll actually do, you know, um, I still would rather have a 36-year-old Ronaldo playing up front than Martial. You know, yeah. So I think there is a spot for him in the squad. I like, I like the idea of of Ronaldo, Cavani, and Greenwood being our primary kind of centre-forwards. Mm. Um, because we often, despite kind of the depth of our squad, we often find ourselves in a situation like we did uh, the first two games of the season, albeit the Leeds match, we, we won fairly comfortably, where mm. we don't have Cavani available. And we suddenly are playing our front three like Dan James Green, uh, Greenwood. James
0: Marshall Greenwood.
1: Yeah, uh, you no. Know, and it's, just, it's suddenly it suddenly it feels like, despite the fact that we have quite a big deep squad, we're kind of once one of the big hitters goes down, mm-hmm. we're kind of left with the scraps. Um, so to bring in Ronaldo just gives us an extra option, you know. That is, I I I, I never think it's a problem to have too many, too many players, right? You know. Of of a certain quality. So I'm very happy mm-hmm. about that. Um and he, he's, he's a very different player to Cavani. So insofar as having two good centre forwards, I don't I can't see how that's a problem. You know, Ronaldo is um by no means the 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 pacey winger of of Yore. He's much more of a yeah. fox in the box. Um but whereas Cavani is um very smart with his movement, um, very um oriented to the near post and and that kind of thing. Ronaldo is much more of a a dynamic kind of finisher and, and Mm. uh, he he likes going for header at the far post compared to Cavani. So we have a bit more of um, flexibility in terms of if, if plan A is not working, we can switch to plan B or, or, you know, Mm. God, I, I'm, I'm very nervous, but very excited for the day where we end up with Cavani and Ronaldo on the pitch at the same time uh, for how that's going to look. But, um, yeah, I mean, as a fan, look, like, I'm here in my, I'm here in my Man United jersey. How, as a as a Man United fan, can you not be enamored with the idea of September 11, 2021, uh Ronaldo stepping out on the Old Trafford pitch for the first time in thirteen years, uh, not on BT Sports or Sky Sports. Um,
0: I'll, I'll pop round. Um, uh, <laughs> it is J- on.
1: It is on Premier Sports in Ireland.
0: <laughs> Premier, Premier Sports. So Do you
1: reckon, round. Joe, that that there's going to be special dispensation made and that match be moved or not moved and shown on Sky
0: or BT? I don't don't think so. No? I don't think so. I think it's probably too late. Um,
1: But just insofar as how much money, like advertising money for those companies is going to be left on the
0: table yeah I don't know because I mean the international appeal is a big one and it will be shown internationally you know like in Ireland and yeah other places it's only really the irony is it's only England where we can't watch it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate um, it so yeah um but it's fine I mean people will find a way to watch it anyway so
1: and then I suppose the last question is again about special dispensation what number do you think he's going to end up wearing
0: that's interesting because I don't think Cavani's giving up that number seven. So, but he wore it today. Yeah, he wore it today. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll give it up. I think it will be. I don't know if number twenty three is available because that was the Michael Jordan number. Um, or it could be like he goes for seventy seven or something like that. CL well, he wore he
1: wore twenty eight Ronaldo at uh, Sporting Lisbon. So I wonder if he'll bookmark with 28. Like, I don't think he'll wear seven this season, as odd as that's going to be. Nah, um, just so. because of Premier League Premier League rules about numbers being assigned to players for like why they do that, I don't really understand. But Cavani, it seems like, is number seven for the season. And if they're going to change that, they're going to either get some kind of special dispensation from the Premier League or... They're going to have to flaunt some rules, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe be. Ronaldo will do the old uh, "I'll pay the fines myself." I'm wearing number seven, brother. <laughs> Buy you all
0: ice cream bars.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, like I say, look, I, I, I would even say as a neutral, which I'm not, <laughs> and you're yeah. not. I, I'm, I, as a neutral, you have to be excited, the fact that one of the the two best players of the last. 25 years is going to be in the Premier League again. And you yeah. you're going to get to see him every week. Like there's really only been Messi and Ronaldo mostly in La Liga and now Messi in in Ligue 1 which like to be fair I don't think too many people are excited about League 1. but uh Ronaldo back in the Premier League, come on, that's a that's a an attraction yeah. that people surely hard. need to check it out, check you know. Anyway, Literally let's talk huge. quickly about other football. Uh, Do you watch any of the other matches?
0: Uh, I did watch the Arsenal game, which oh, we I mean, we went through. Yeah, it was, we slightly stretch. touched on it was it was as predictable. Like
1: I even had a feeling it would be five nil. Like that just seemed obvious mm. to me. It was going to be five nil, and lo and behold, it was.
0: Yeah, you um, just see Arsenal. It's, <sighs> it's just a it's a it was a fatalism about it. Like yeah. <laughs> you just see, look at those players; they did not have the the mental strength. And it's not that they're bad players, some of them are. Some of them are <laughs> Quite a few of players. them were yesterday. A lot of good players in there as well. It's just that kind of, it's almost like you get into that spiral where you're expected to lose, Yeah. and you, it's very hard to overcome that mentally. And then it just becomes like you know, like a rolling stone, just kind of, you can't stop it, it just gets worse and worse. And they've, been, they've really been like that for years. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not that like, no one's really been able to come in and change that culture and that kind of mentality.
1: And the irony is, they've spent the most money this transfer window of any of the top European clubs, but haven't really improved their squad. Which is no, nice
0: thing. no, they haven't been able to attract really quality players. No, um, but then when people talk about, oh, is this player Arsenal quality? Well. Also, hostel quality. They finished eighth last season, eighth the season before. You know what I mean? They're not. Yeah, they're kind of an
1: Aston Villa level team. They're not a
0: Champions League club. And that, that's not a that's not a, no.
1: a, a dist Aston Villa, but they're kind of more of that ilk, like a, a mid table. Yeah. I, I could see them finishing below eight this season, to be honest. And I don't think it's even necessarily Arteta's fault. Like I looked at the team he put out against City, and this was pretty much you know what mm. he had to work with. Like fair enough, class at left centre back is a whole other. Problem, but like you know, I could see his line of thinking where all right, City, we need to go three at the back. Um, who do I have to get at the back, etc. etc. Um, yeah, but God, the, the players are just not good enough. The players he has, and without European football, he could only attract you know, Sambi, uh, Nuno Tavares, Ben White, Odegaard back, who you know, I think was fine last season, but didn't really mm. impress me in what I saw him. Um so yeah, you know, they've spent a hundred and thirty odd million, and their squad is roughly, I would say, as good as it was last season. Yeah. You know. Um, I watched a Chelsea Liverpool game as well, uh, yeah. in which Chelsea went down to 10 men right before halftime, which you know, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was a red card, to be fair. Um I yeah. saw some disagreement yeah. on that, on the with the Pundits, but you know, as far as I was concerned, he's standing on the line. He, his arm does move towards the ball and he blocks the ball from going to the goal with his arm. Therefore, by the rules, it is what it is. Um, and Chelsea did very well to hang on um, to the draw. But one thing that I was not so impressed with was the performance of Romelu Lukaku, a former Manchester United player. Um, and this wasn't out of any uh, reverse Ronaldo uh, bias where I'm like, Lukaku, he's played for us. now he doesn't. So I have to automatically dislike him. In fact, I just put Lukaku into my fancy Premier League team, so I was actively willing him to do well. But I was just watching him, and you know, at the stage where they were down to 10 men, there was a lot of times where they would loop the ball up to Lukaku as kind of the one lone centre forward to kind of hold up yeah. the ball, release some of the pressure that Liverpool were really putting on them throughout the game. And he just wasn't capable. He He really, really felt like the Lukaku we saw at Man United as opposed to this yeah. superstar who took Syria out by storm and was banging goals in left right and center. He looked like his control of the ball wasn't good. He was constantly beaten to headers, not necessarily by Van Dijk, but Matip as well. Matip bullied him off the ball at one point. Mm. Uh, very underwhelming performance by Lukaku. Um not necessarily to the point that I'd really be concerned, but I, you know, this was I didn't watch the Arsenal Chelsea Arsenal game. This was the first I really saw of him, and you know, admittedly, mm. Liverpool are very tough, you know, opponents. But even before they were down to ten, I just didn't find Lukaku very exciting. Yeah. Um, um, and then the United match today was, uh, was oof. what it was. That's
0: what it was. A win's a win's a win. It. I knew I knew that I knew that one nil was coming because you just see Wolves <laughs> missing chance after chance after <laughs> chance. You knew United were going to score yeah. on one nil, and uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Uh, certainly a foul by Pogba, by the way, if not a red card foul. Oh, I
0: don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, Look,
1: I mean, it's one of those ones where to to see it was a foul, they had to go through like ten angles and slow it down five times. But when you look at it, um, Neves did play the ball first. Pogba's foot is going to where the ball is, but now that Neves got first, the ball Mm -hmm. is no longer there. And his foot does catch Neves right on the shin. Um, so, you know, when I when I first saw it, I thought, oh, like the commentator said, oh, he didn't even touch him. But, you know, he did. He, he, he hit him pretty severely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But look, that's how it goes sometimes.
0: Um, that's life. That's life For the Premier League.
1: Unfortunately for the smaller teams, it does seem like, you know, the bigger teams sometimes get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that. But yeah. uh, as someone who uh, is a, a biased, biased man, I will take it i Uh, take it. Uh, telly yeah.
0: yeah, Tellywise. wise Non-40 telly. Um, only one thing for, for me, which is a doc- documentary series. We um, watch it on Netflix. It's called This Is Pop. And it's a series of documentaries about different kind of pop music subjects. So they did one yeah. about kind of Swedish producers and why they, you know, Sweden has produced all these amazing pop music producers. There was one about festivals. There's one about Boys to Men. One about Britpop. It's quite sort of frothy, like it doesn't particularly go into a lot of depth about the subject. It's really okay. a bit sort of zany Netflix documentary, um, but fairly fairly entertaining. Um, I the Boys to Men one was probably the strongest one. That's the first episode, and that was a really interesting look back at uh, a band that was like huge for a very short period of time, influenced a huge change in kind of pop music, and then sort of disappeared quite quickly. Um yeah, so I'd recommend checking that out if again, not like a real in-depth kind of intellectual documentary, but something that part yeah, 45 minutes long. Kind of similar to those like um the films that made us or the toys that made us gotcha. documentaries. Yeah. But more on pop music. Um yeah, so that was yeah and that's all we've been been watching really, been out and about a lot. So um, just just that.
1: Yeah, well, Having to mind the dogs, uh, I was actually minding Julie myself because mm. Julie was so small, we couldn't have her with the other dogs. So I would have Julie pretty much till like seven in the evening every day. So I didn't get a lot of time for being out and about. So instead, a lot of TV shows. Uh, yeah. I watched episode three of What If, the uh, Marvel cartoon. What if something else happened? in What in-
0: if, uh, the yeah, the fucking Spider-Man was an ant in the Ant-Man. <laughs>
1: uh yeah barry and myself ran down the first two episodes of that show they were they were pretty bad uh but shock horror i thought episode three was pretty good uh it was a a little murder mystery which i enjoy anyway oh yeah um yeah the the basically the gist of it is it's it's the week where sam jackson originally assembled the avengers Mm. But this time, what if while he was doing that, there was an unseen force uh, in parallel to him, killing them off one by one before he could get So there's a little murder mystery to it, uh, which I found very uh, interesting, and I thought it was pretty well done. Um, Whether the ending is actually that satisfying is a whole other story. But I thought the episode was, uh, for at least a good 20 minutes of it, pretty decent. Uh, very watchable. Much better than episodes one and two, which were shite. Um, Drag Race, uh, All-Stars, the penultimate episode of the season. Next week is the finale. It uh, was finale. a good one, although one of the favorites got eliminated. So I was very surprised by that. Mm. Uh, TBK uh, got eliminated. So we are very shocked by that result. That was like uh, Lucha Bros winning the, the tag mm. eliminator. Um so yeah it's it's uh, like like A-W, I have no idea who's going to win the season it's going to be it's not like the previous all-stars where there was one head and shoulders above the rest as soon as they walked in you knew they were winning this one I have no idea it's up in the air uh, watch another episode of succession episode 4 uh, another really good one that show continues to be great uh and I like every episode they just they just throw an extra little an extra little wrench in the in the machinery and uh, it just seems like there there's one extra little thing that's causing this family uh, grief this one it was uh that this uh this uh um controversy relating to the company had been happening in the background and was made aware to tom who in turn made it aware mm. to greg who in turn may have spilled some beans that tom might oh, not have wanted yeah. spilled so I was a very big fan of that
0: Make a tomlet without spilling some beans Oh no Uh, So
1: that was good And as far as my old pal Tintin goes Come to the end of Tintin Joe I've only got four more stories Of the 21 to watch So I'm I'm Uh, 17 done.
0: There were 21 episodes. What series is, this? when was this made? Was this like? Uh, 1990s. 90s. Early, early 90s. 90s. Right, yeah. yeah. So they only did, they did 21 episodes in the 90s. That was it. That's all yeah, the well, well,
1: when I say 21, uh, some of them are like 40 minute two-parters. And some of them are only right. 20 minutes. So, you know, theoretically there are more. There's maybe 40, let's say. But on the Blu-ray set I have, it doesn't actually split them up by right, 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 twenty-minute episode. It just, if it's a forty-minute, you put it on and it's forty minutes long. So the way I, I yeah would describe it is just like by story rather than episode, um, because the order of the Blu-ray set is not the actual original uh, airing order. It's done in the order that the books were originally written, so it follows the logic mm. of the books which uh, doesn't quite work for the Blu-rays because uh, when they were doing the stories of the T- the TV show out of original story order, obviously when a character is introduced for the first time, it's not in the episode that they are originally, it's, it's not in the story they were originally introduced in the comics, but they mm. still have to write it in such a way where it's like, okay, we need to explain to the audience who this character is. So when you're suddenly watching the episodes in their actual original order, uh, characters show up and they're, you know, Tintin acts towards them as if he knows who they are. And then two episodes later, they get introduced. So it's a bit crazy, but um, I've got four more stories to go out of the 21 that they adapted, out of the total 24 that exist. Mm. Um, The ones that were not adapted were Tintin in the Congo, Tintin in the land of the Soviets, and then the... Uh, the final one which was unfinished uh, Tintin and Alfart Uh, but yeah still enjoying Tintin although one of the episodes I watched um, was not great Uh, the calculus affair I think it was Mm. it was a bit mundane especially because we followed up the ones where they go to the moon which was much more exciting Uh, but that's all the television I watched now in turn Joe like you at the TV I only watched one movie this week Uh, Lost Lost in Translation Mm. Starring uh, Bill Murray and a very young Scarlett Johansson. I think she was like eighteen when they made this.
0: Oh yeah, she was young,
1: very young. Uh, I thought old. it, I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. Um, yeah, I would really struggle to find the flaw with it. Um, I know it's like it's like my brother's favorite movie, so I went in mm. expecting like he's a very movie guy. He he, he knows his movies from the Marvel movies all the way to the the 11-hour-long the Slovakian epics, right? So he was lost in translation. I was like, right, let me finally watch this movie. Um, now, it's directed by Sofia Coppola, who, as an actress, obviously bombed in the old Godfather Part III. Uh, and as far as being a director, I think I only saw one other film she'd made, which was Somewhere, with Stephen Dorff, which, which I didn't love. I, I found it a bit a bit nothingy and a bit boring, uh, but Lost in Translation I I totally kind of bought into. Uh, as someone who's lived abroad, I could mm-hmm. kind of relate to the the themes of kind of isolation and uh, kind of being stuck in a in a place where like okay fair enough. Unlike the characters in Lost in Translation, uh, I could speak French, so I could kind of get on. But, you know, just I, I understand the feelings of kind of being stuck in a culture that is not your own and kind of trying, trying to adapt mm. to it. Uh, I thought the performances were great. I, I thought Scarlett Johansson was the star in the show, uh, as good as Bill Murray is. Bill Murray was obviously yeah. all over the marketing for it because Scarlett was fairly unknown at the time. But uh, I thought she was really great in it. Um, I thought the the story, while fairly simple... um felt like a little adventure. I liked when they were going to karaoke bars and through the pachinko uh, uh, shops and so on and so forth. Um, mm. And you know, I know I, I believed the kind of the relationship they had. So, yeah, I mean, I pretty much liked everything about it. I, I would really struggle to nail down any aspect of the film that I didn't like. Um so thumbs up for me. I thought it was really, really good. Probably not a shock to anyone to hear nice. that Lost in Translation is good, but uh, yeah. yeah, totally really just film. kind of suited me
0: for uh, for watching it this morning. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, quite a mixed bag of um, films that we've watched over the week. Um, so one of them was uh, Chocolat. Um, it was, ba- it was Barry eating
1: in the background, was he?
0: Mm. Speaking of living in France, um, a movie where Juliette Binoche uh, moves into a little French village where uh, Doc Ock himself is the mayor, Um, and she she opens a chocolate shop, which kind of... transforms the lives of all these villagers because suddenly they're eating this luxurious chocolate and it's making them question all of their you know life choices and all this stuff it's very controversial and then johnny depp turns up playing a kind of irish traveler um i mean i think he tries to have a go at an accent not (laughs) not quite sure what what came out but it was definitely there i'm
2: johnny
1: depp
0: so i I don't think it was even it it was kind of englishy more so i'm not really sure what it was but yeah um it's also some absolutely horrendous french accents because it's mainly american cast um, okay doing doing um doing the accents but yeah doing the barry murphy Uh, french
1: special was he
0: Um, yeah probably not that oh no Um, i am french that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, it was it was a very good cut. Like Judy Dench is in it, Carrie Ann Moss, Alfred Molina, Juliette Binoche, Johnny Depp. Um, right. Yeah, it, it was a kind of fun movie. I think it's one that Michelle really loves. Um, it kind of reminded me of like a Sunday night ITV drama. Um, that's set in like a small town is all very okay. nice and picturesque. And but some of the acting's a bit wonky and a bit um, the plot's a bit thick. But yeah, it's just a night. Nice, it was quite a nice film. So I did. I did enjoy that. I hadn't, hadn't seen that before. Uh, so that was good. Um, in uh, my rewatch of all the Spider-Man movies, we've reached Spider-Man 3. Okay. Um, which was worse than I remember. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, was, I think I saw it at the cinema. I'm not sure if I ever rewatched it after that. Um, but it kind of, everything that was good about the first two, everything that was charming about the first two, is just kind of completely lost <laughs> in this third one. Uh, even, like, the Bruce Campbell uh, cameo is just incredibly annoying and, like, shit. It's just like, oh, please get off the screen, you know, Bruce Campbell, you're being annoying. Uh, whereas he was very good in the first two. Um, yeah, and it just goes off on so many tangents with, there's a whole thing of um, MJ losing her job as an actress in the in the play that she's in um the the venom symbiote thing the the various different monsters the rewriting of the killing of his uncle by the the sad man not the sad man is he the sad man whatever yes. that guy's name is yeah, just so much going on. It, it was and none of it particularly interesting. Oh, and of course, James Franco gets amnesia right at the beginning and conveniently forgets that he knows that, <laughs> that Peter is Spider-Man and that he wants to kill him for to avenge his father. He just forgets that for most of the movie because otherwise they wouldn't really have a movie. Um, so it was annoying. And of course you have Topher Grace as like one of the main baddies despite the fact that he looks like... A cast member from the hills or some other mtv reality show from the 2000s oh, like he just has no no like presence or gravitas at all he's just he's ridiculous that he's one of the main villains like at least thomas hayden church who plays a sad man has got a big old granite face you know he looks like, <laughs> a, a, big looks like a big a big man he looks like a good man like with a big chin um so you can at least believe him as a as a villain, but yeah, this is very uh, a, new
1: new n x t of us
0: yeah this is this is me Cut. this is my um men of the year promo um twelve <laughs> <laughs> for grace five foot eight <laughs> uh yes, that movie that movie was terrible um so of course, they just rebooted Spider man like what was it like two years later? Two or three years. Yeah, you're
1: definitely now at the jumping off point where Spider-Man becomes uh, pretty bad until you know Spider-Verse yeah. pretty
2: much.
0: Yeah, I didn't give it any time to settle. They just went straight into the new one. So anyway, I'm going to watch those the next two with with Andrew Garfield to see what okay. they've got to offer. But Spider-Man three was terrible. Yeah. Um. This morning we watched a wonderful uh 1970s Disney movie that I absolutely love called Candle Shoe. Um. Which not. I think a very particularly well known movie, but it's. I've stars, never heard of it. It's it's one of those kind of seventies movies that Disney used to make, where it was like a live action sort of wacky adventure type movies, like the Computer War Tennis Shoes or Freaky Friday, that kind of thing. Right. But it stars Jodie Foster as kind of a a New York street tough Um, who's in a little gang of troublemakers, and she gets taken to England by this con man who wants her to um, kind of portray a long lost granddaughter of like a wealthy aristocrat. And he's like, you know, you, you look just like this lost child and who got lost in America and, you know, we're going to con them for all their money. So it's a very, very charming and kind of funny film. And it has a, a bit of a treasure hunt sort of mystery at the, um, at the heart of it um, with Jodie Foster trying to find the kind of hidden gold in this uh, English country house so um a movie that i saw as a kid and really loved and i it's a perfect kind of sunday morning sunday lunchtime movie as well because it's, it's just very funny and very very old school as well kind of in the english countryside so really really good uh really enjoyed that and um, god bless disney disney plus for putting all those old old movies on there <laughs> so that was great and then a new movie we watched um Starring Mr. Adam Brody. Yeah, I want to watch this one so bad. A.K.A. Seth Cohen from the O.C. So this was called The Kid Detective. And Adam Brody plays a uh, 30-something man who, as a child, was a kid detective. Kind of one of like a Hardy Boys or a Nancy Drew or that that kind of character um, who used to go around solving mysteries in his high school and solving crimes. And the, the conceit of the movie is basically what happens to those kids once they get older. And it's no longer charming that they're, you know, figuring out who stole the money from the school fair and that kind of stuff. And they <laughs> you know, what what did they actually become? And he's now just sort of a failed private detective and it's it's a little bit sad. And um it's a it's a really good movie. We really enjoyed it. Um quite funny, quite a dark sense of humour. Um and it also gets quite dark in terms of the, the crimes and the characters and stuff like it's not a sort of light-hearted movie it is quite dark and it, it I'd say the only criticism and this is something I, I listened to the Mark Kermode review of it after we watched the movie and he he wasn't a huge fan of it I think he he didn't dislike it but he, he had some criticisms of it and it was more it was mainly around the way it kind of balances the tone of being quite a silly comedy to being quite a dark sort of edgy sort of movie and didn't necessarily balance that tone but for me that didn't that didn't bother me so much um there definitely was a bit of a bit of a contrast a bit of a conflict between the the tone at points but in a way where like well i liked the comedy bits i liked the darker bits i liked the other bits you know i kind of liked all the separate parts without necessarily thinking it perfectly came together as a, a whole you know like eating a meal with like great ingredients but it, they don't necessarily all complement each other, but you still kind of enjoy the overall experience. So yeah, really good. And some, um, some funny kind of supporting, uh, supporting cast in there as well. So I definitely, definitely recommend that one. Uh, I think it's up on now TV at the moment, but yeah, the kid detective really, really good kind of independent movie. Uh, enjoyed that a lot.
1: I think you and Barry have both seen that one now. And the, the red letter media guys were very positive on it. So it's one that I've been meaning to watch.
0: Did they review it? I have to check. They that out.
1: they did a Mike and Jay talk about. Kid oh,
0: maybe I watched that and forgot it. <laughs> but yeah,
1: um have to watch that? Because I I've watched some modern kind of noirs recently, and mm. I've absolutely loved them. So that's that's like um, Under the Silver Lake, uh, Brick. So it seems like the kind of thing that's right up my alley. So I should really check it out.
0: Yeah, um, it's very good. If you go in, it's not a kind of perfect movie. There are be flaws, but yeah. Tamp your, your expectations of you probably will enjoy it um, overall. Hopefully. So, yeah, very good. Very good. There you go. That's all your movies for this week. That's the movies. So, all that's left for the show is a little bit of game guff. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a game this week. Oh, what? A game this week? Tell me about it. So, I finally picked up again Doom Eternal. Um, which I bought a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, started playing it. As I mentioned at the time, I've never played a first person shooter on a console, which is mad, I know. But it's I know. just on consoles, I've only ever really played like sports games or Mario games. You know, never really been a, a kind of first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Always done that on PC with a, a nice keyboard and mouse, which is yep. easier to control. Um, so I really struggle to just aim. And obviously, it's, get, it's a sort of game where you're constantly being. Um, surrounded by demons um, and the, the aim is incredibly important because uh, you can't take them out with one shot you know you really have to be precise and hit them um, but I kind of I got back on it and after a bit of a bit of patience I was able to at least make some progress with it so I feel like I can you know I'm uh, a little bit better than I was. Uh, got through the first kind of world um, and it's good I mean it's, it's you know similar to the last doom game. Um, it hasn't grabbed me quite as much as that one, but it might be because I'm playing it on the handheld Switch. And it's a very small screen, whereas before I was I was playing it on my PC with the big, you know, twenty inch yeah. monitor and the headphones on with all the metal music like pow boom ba boom, boom, and the fucking demons going. Yeah, very immersive experience when you're playing it on a monitor with the yeah. um, with the headphones and everything. Whereas, yeah, not quite as good on the on the handheld Switch. Would you but... not
1: play it on the TV and docked?
0: um yeah but i've been kind of playing it while michelle and i are watching tv so that, it's is, that is what the switch is
1: perfect for to be
0: fair yeah and so it means otherwise i probably wouldn't play it because otherwise i have to you know disappear for four hours and sit in That's this room yeah. and michelle's like where are you where have you gone <laughs> um so i probably will play it when i get when i get some time on the big screen okay. um so next week or something but yeah uh yeah enjoying it looking forward to getting into that a bit more
1: Right, and I'll close out the show then with my own games I've playing. So I was streaming a bit in the week. I didn't stream it all over the weekend, though. Um, But I played some more Zelda. I'm nearly finished. I've only got one more. Hmm. I'm I'm basically where Barry is in Sunshine. I've just got the last thing to do and then i am done. And so reminder to listeners, what that means is starting up soon, And here's a bombshell for people. I'm going to be playing it on the original hardware. Meaning it's not going to be emulated. It's going to be on the actual Nintendo 64. WWF, no mercy. Story mode. So we're going to dive into them wacky stories. And see what what happens. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be coming after Zelda is finished. But also... I want to play a new Xbox game called 12 Minutes. I'm going to stream that as well. That's only four hours long. So that'll be two streams max. Once that's done, No Mercy. No Mercy is next. Um, So for people who played No Mercy at the time or people who remember WWF No Mercy, uh, my original uh, cartridge is one of the ones that came with the bug where it would wipe your data, unfortunately. Mm. So... uh, I will be playing on the original console, but I will not be playing my original copy. I will be playing uh, on my Everdrive sixty four, which is a, nice. uh, a a cartridge that you can put a little SD card into, install the games on the SD card, and play it on the on the console. So I'm going to be doing that. Um, and I do have an HDMI adapter for my Nintendo sixty four, so. Fingers crossed, all should work well. If it doesn't, I'll just play the emulated version, but I'm hoping that I won't have to. So I'm looking forward to playing a bit of No Mercy. Uh, played the Zelda, uh, like I said, Ocarina of Time. Uh, the last two dungeons, I played Shadow Temple, which took me way longer than I thought it would. I was on stream for two and a half hours playing that. And then Spirit Temple, which was much easier. Uh, but all that's left is Ganon's Tower. Beat Ganon, and then we are done with that game, never to play it again, because I've played through it in its entirety twice in the last two years. That's enough for a game <laughs> that I've already been like four times prior to that, so...
2: yeah, That'll be it
1: for a greater time, at least for a while. Uh, and then I'm playing Halo. I finished Halo 1 and I started playing Halo 2 and I'm almost finished Halo 2. Uh, oh my god, Halo 2 is bloody good, let me tell you. <laughs> bloody good <laughs> game. Halo 1 is, um, as I as I pointed out before, a very repetitious game because it was like the first in the series so they didn't have hmm. uh, a base to kind of build off so it, it, it was very simple it's a shooter in like doom doom is obviously modern doom yeah. is obviously very much more inspired by halo than it is by original doom which was a yeah time, which was itself the originator of kind of the genre uh, with quake um but it's very simple uh, graphics, you know. You go through the corridor into a room with enemies, shoot all the enemies to another corridor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Basically, for the whole game. For I think eight hours 40 was the time I clocked in to beat that game. Uh, Halo 2, much more diverse, um, much clever, like much more enemies to fight, much, uh, like I say, more diverse uh, levels that you're playing. There's a Last of Us 2 style twist. Where you you're playing as Master Chief, who's the like Halo uh, mascot, I guess, mm. and then it turns out you play a few levels as one of the enemy.
2: Whoa. But they
1: make that kind of sympathetic in a way. That's very uh, clever. Uh, I never beat Halo before. I think like, I beat Halo One many years ago. Never beat Halo Two. Only got about halfway through it, which is crazy because playing them back to back, Halo Two is like ten times better than Halo One. Mm. Um and uh, yeah I'm very close to the end of Halo 2 and compared to my streaming games Halo is a game that I'm just going to play to kind of you know enjoy myself and not worry about oh my god i got two people watching me play i got to be good at this game suddenly um, so I'm going to play Halo 2 once I beat Halo 2 and once I beat Ocarina of Time I'm going to play that 12 minutes game which has Willem Dafoe in it so I'm interested to see how that play like, I don't really know much about it but I believe it's going to be good and then once that's done, I'm going to play WWF No Mercy on the stream, and I'm going to play Halo 3 on the on the Xbox. Because they announced during this week that the new Halo game is being released 8th of December this year. Halo Infinite. Oof. Which means I have to beat, before the 8th of December, I have to complete Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, Halo Reach, Halo 4, and Halo 5. Um was well, those games are like eight to nine hours long each, so I reckon I could probably do it. Can I do it without being completely burned out on the series, though? That's another <laughs> another issue. But um, review of Halo One. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't particularly like it. I guess it's it's a it's a it's um, a fundamentally solid, if very repetitive, uh, mm. and narratively very generic game. Halo Two, great, love Halo Two. <laughs> That's my review. Um, We've any emails this week, so I guess that is it for this week. That
0: brings us to a close. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we will be this. This was our version of uh, AEW Dynamite uh, coming down after the the big CM Punk debut. You know, it's a solid show. You know, no, no exciting revelations, but you know, uh, just good three star matches. Um, oh, I, co- I cooked
1: a cake this week as well. And I forgot to mention. Paul that.
0: cooked a cake, buried the lead. Yeah. Um <laughs> What what kind of cake? Give us Ch- a quick Ch- chocolate. Chockey? What chuck all the way through? Just yeah. sort of fully triple chocolate. Okay. Chocolate. Cream chock. in the middle or just icing? Uh didn't bother with cream. Just just sponge. Yeah. Okay. Any any Anything else you're putting on that? I'm
1: not really good at making cakes. Joe is. That's the real bearing the lead. It's like the simplest cake you could possibly make, but it was very bloody good. That's how. That's how I learned to crack an egg was by making a cake. Not this time, but a prior prior time. All
0: right. You never cracked an egg.
1: I I never. I think I cracked an egg for the first time at the age of thirty. I think.
0: Paul cracks egg, age of thirty. Shock. Yeah, that's your Um, headline. that's our that's our headline for today. Well, that's going to do it. That's going to do it. We're going to be back next week with a preview of the big AEW All Out show, uh, as well as reviews of everything that's gone on during the week, during the wrestling yeah. week, our weeks, the footy week, the movie, TV, and game weeks, and your emails. Should yeah. you we promise we'll
1: be we'll be less thorough on our wrestling reviews going forward?
0: Uh, no, we're going to start doing Raw, SmackDown, and Impact again. Oh no. <laughs> in full baby (laughs) Um, look forward to that Um, yeah so that's going to do us um, so on on behalf of myself and Mr Paul Griffin thank you for listening have a great week and we shall catch up with you soon bye everybody thank you bye